Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just love you. We praise you right now. Father, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost like never before. Father, I thank you that I only say what you want me to say. Father, nothing more and nothing less. Father, I thank you that your sweet, precious Holy Spirit is in this place with us. And Father, I thank you that every time we speak, our lives are being changed and transformed. And that the people that watch us, their lives will be changed forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, I texted this guy last night and I said, hey, we need to do a video. So, we decided to do one today. Yeah. So, we are going to talk about my favorite subject and kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about is, you know, the Holy Spirit and the fire of God and just the gift of God. But today I want to specifically look at the fire of God okay. and the fire of the Holy Ghost. So. Right. I'll let you kick it off. You want me to kick it off? It's your show. Okay. It's my show, so yes, i got to kick it off. <laughs> um, where is it at? Okay. Psalms 104. Okay. Verse 1. We'll just start there. Give you a second to get to it. By the way, if you don't have your Bibles and you're able to, go get a Bible, go get a notebook, take notes, listen what the Lord's given us because it'll change your life. Alright, Psalms 104, verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, you are my God, and you are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty. You cover yourself with a light as with a garment, and you stretch out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind, and he makes his messengers winds, and he makes his ministers as a flame of fire. Here the creator of the heaven of the earth makes us as ministers a flaming fire. One of the, which when we talked and you told me that you know, this is what you wanted to speak on. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that came to my mind is I, I do visuals and I always remember little things that I've watched and things like that. And one of the first places I saw this in action was actually a, a sermon by a guy that spoke at Hillsong Church. Mm -hmm. And and watching him and see seeing how the power of God manifested in their service, so much so that he had to switch translators because a translator... Um, got hit and you know spirit of laughter broke out in the room and wow. the translator was laughing and they had to bring another translator out and then he got hit and uh, kind of towards the end of the service the speaker sat down next to the original translator and he's still laughing and he's like I'm on fire and he read this verse and this is what he said that he makes his messengers a flame of fire mine mine is NASB so it kind of read rearranges the wording yeah. yeah but he makes the winds his messengers and flaming fire his ministers and he, and he looked at him and he said, that's you. Mm. And, you know, to, you know, when we think about these things, it's very easy for us to look, okay, well, God made, you know, his, his ministers of flames of fire, but it's very easy for us to put that off on people. And, you know, well, Zach operates in that, you know, Jess operates in that, but I don't have that. Yeah. But when we think about, 
you know, he makes his messengers flaming fire, yeah. tongues of fire, then yeah. it's a messenger is one that's walking with a message. It's one that's carrying and delivering a message. That's what makes a messenger a messenger is you're carrying something. Yeah. And it's as you're carrying that, then then you're made the flame. Yeah. You're made the fire. Yeah. And it's getting with the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and developing that because the other day we d I did an interview with Moses, my buddy. He's developing the prophetic in his life. Amazing. And all he had to do was desire it and get with the Holy Ghost. And that's all it is. We desired something that nobody else was wanting at that time, it seemed like. Yeah. And guess what? When I would ask the questions, okay, how does a believer go and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover? Or how does a believer hear from the Holy Ghost? All the answer I would ever get from our circles is just do it. I'd never get, um, well, this is how, or watch how I walk with the Holy Ghost. Or, but it was... No, this is what the word says. Okay. But it's when I came into contact with the Holy Ghost, I began to desire him more. Mm -hmm. And I began to push for that more. Lord, make me as a minister of a flame of fire. Make me full of you. Make me know your precious Holy Spirit. And I mean, we barely scratched the surface on stuff. But for what we have known and what we have experienced, it's amazing to see because the fire of God's in every time. And it does not go away. The more you press for it, the more you go deeper into it. Yeah. I always thought when when thinking about, you know, I, I start things in questions sometimes, and that's, you know, sometimes as, as I'm approaching a message, especially if I'm doing like a class or something like that, and, and I'll start from the basis of a question. And I don't think it's being skeptical or anything like that, because obviously, you know, kind of be weird if I was skeptic of the whole thing and mm -hmm. preaching it at the same time but it's you know how can I how can I help somebody else get a better understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about the fire of God and you know what does it really look like you know because you think of fire you think of flames you know there's a bunch of things that, that come into mind and so I always kind of start go back to that question like okay well what or one question I go back to is um, what is the fire and then another one is, oh, my mind just went blank. So I'll stop right there on that one and then let the other question come back up. But like, so oh, that's what it is. So what's the purpose of it? So what is it? And then what's mm -hmm. the purpose? That's good. Keep going. And Oh, I was asking you. I was going to let you answer. But <laughs> um, those, are, those are things that like I'll go back to in my mind. Like, okay, well, where, where can I see, you know, what is the fire of God? You know, what, what does that look like? And then, or what, what's words that I can put with it that help somebody that may be watching this that's like, well, I want to know, I want to know how can I carry the fire? I want to know how can I be that, that minister, you know, that's on fire for God, that flame of fire. I want to know how can I be that. And, you know, like you said, it's, there's not always the, this is how. Yeah. Or this is how you will know, or even this is what it'll look like. And so it kind of leaves a lot of things up in the air. Like, I want to operate in this, but I don't know how to go from point A to point B in, in operating in it. Yeah. You could say this about the fire of God, and this is just one kind of area of it. 
is the fire of God is the fuel of the plan of God for your life. Because you can know the plan, but if you're not, for lack of a better word, pushed or led, I shouldn't say pushed, but if you're not having something to fuel you in that, it's going to be as boring as all get out. But then you get with the Holy Spirit. He puts his fire on it. Acts 1.8. What is it? Let's go there. I just want to read it. Acts. Oh, I skipped Acts and went to Romans. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But when it says, but you will receive power, there's two words there, right? Dunamis and authority, mm-hmm. right? And the word dunamis means what? Dynamite. Explosive. So when the, when, when the power of God comes upon you, it becomes explosive. And when things explode, not only is the thing changed, but there's a fire there with it. Yeah. And that fire propels you and fuels you to do what God's called you to do. It gives you like this boldness that, you can't stop what God's put on the inside of me. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. It, it brings a, you could also say it brings a holy excellence to what he's called you to do. You know, this, like, so the first question was, what is what is it? And mm-hmm. then what does it look like? Obviously, the, the dynamite, the dynamis power and the authority. So, it's the permission and the power behind it, right? Mm. That's, you know, that authority to do so is, it is the permission. I'm giving you all authority to go out and be my witnesses. Yeah. But not only do I give you permission to witness on my behalf, but I'm also giving you the power that's going to come beside your witness and back up what you're witnessing of. Yeah. And when we go through, when we go through Acts, that's what we see is, you know, they, when Jesus said that you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses and you're going to be witnesses for me, like that's exactly what they became. You yeah. know, that we, that, you know, we see Peter, we see John, we see Paul, we see Philip, you know, we see these guys that, that followed Jesus that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they weren't the same. And yeah. there were things that happened as a result of them witnessing for him and you know, we, we see where, as they went, that signs and wonders followed, that miracles followed. We see in Philip's ministry, and he's the one that everybody says, you know, he's the only one that we know is, is named as an evangelist in the Bible. And you look at his ministry, and at one point he had people that were practicing witchcraft come and burn their books because they received something that was more powerful. And, you know, the fire caused them to burn mm-hmm. things. And, and so, you know, having the fire of God and what it looks like is there's, there's power that comes alongside the witness. And we, and I just keep seeing that over and over, like going, going through scripture. I just keep seeing that over and over. And I think so often, and I, I can say this, you know, from, from circles that I operate in and, you know, even to some regard here at our church that there is a lot of people that say, I want the fire but there's no message and there's no witness to that you know there's no power coming alongside the message for one you got to have the message 
before the power can back it up. Yeah. And we're trying, I think, you know, a lot of Christians as a whole, in the body of Christ as a whole, um, I think it's, uh, I think it was Paul that wrote that said, you know, you have a form of godliness, but you're denying the, the power, power thereof. And it's like we can we can talk about God in a sense, we can talk about Jesus in a sense, but then when it comes to the power that's supposed to back it up, like we there's a disconnect there. And so the fire, you know, of what the fire is supposed to look like, the the fire doesn't look the same. Yeah. I mean, if that makes sense, I'm. Yeah. No, it does. Well, uh, to add what you said to uh, the Believer's Commission in Mark 16, mm -hmm. toward the end of it, it says, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. What is it? Knowing God's word, knowing his will for the, your life, knowing that he heals, he sets free. He wants people to have a relationship with him and be full of him. Guess what? That's that fire of God that's coming to back it up. We did our part by preaching. We did our part by laying on our hands, right? We're being used as a vessel. And then at that point, it's all him. Because we stepped out in faith, and now the fire comes. That's where I had, where I was going to start. The first scripture that I pulled up was Matthew 3. Mm -hmm. And it's it's John the Baptist talking about Jesus, and it's uh, three eleven, and this is John the Baptist forerunner for forerunner for Jesus, and he's out in the wilderness and he's preaching and he's seeing people come and they're getting baptized for repentance, but yet he begins to tell them something that that's much more important than him, and he says, "As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I." And I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost or with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so I know a lot of times, like, that's one of the reasons why I asked the question of, well, what does a fire look like? Yeah. You know, what what is it supposed to look like and what is it? Mm -hmm. It's John made a distinction between the Holy Spirit and the fire. And, you know, we so many circles, you know, are, you know, well, you, you receive the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and I believe you do receive a portion of it. Yeah. It's not the full baptism of it. And I think it's the baptism in the baptism in the Holy Spirit that brings that fire that we're talking about. Because mm -hmm. the fire, if, if John made the distinction between the Holy Spirit and fire, then the fire has to be for purpose. I don't, you know, as we're going through scripture and we're believing and confessing that all of this word is true and we're believing that it's all good for teaching and for reproof and for, you know, all of these things that as we're reading this, then we can't ignore what he made a distinction in. And when he said Holy Ghost and fire or Holy Spirit and fire, depending on how you want to say it, like the, the fire has to have a purpose in, in a believer's life. If Jesus is coming and he's baptizing you with the Holy Spirit, and fire, mm -hmm. then what is the purpose of that fire? It's not so that we can sit in our pew on a Sunday or a Wednesday night and say, oh, I got the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's for us to do something. Yeah. You know, every every person is going to set a fire for a purpose. You ever, like, that just, thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, every, every fire is set for a purpose. There's no fire 
that is made that doesn't have a purpose behind it. Yeah. You know, you can look at any flame, there's going to be a purpose, whether if it's a match and you're using it to light a candle or a lighter if you're, I'm not promoting smoking or anything like that, but a lighter if you're using it to, to light a cigarette or, you know, you can drive down the road in some places and these places that work with natural gas and things like that, you'll always see a torch there that's lighting, burning off some of the fumes and stuff. Some burning off some of the natural gas that's produced by whatever it is mm -hmm. that they're working with. So every flame has a purpose. Yeah. So if Jesus is coming, if Jesus is coming and he's baptizing with the Holy Spirit and the fire, then the fire has to have, there's a purpose behind that fire. Yeah. It's not just to sit around and get the fire. Yeah. Do you have the fire? Yeah, I got the fire. No, it's, I'm going out. I'm doing something. I'm seeing people saved. I'm seeing people set free. And what we have to, what one of the jobs of us, as I'm learning more and more, is it doesn't just stop with tongues. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's something that I feel like is interesting, because growing up, again, nothing wrong with what I was taught. I just wasn't taught everything. There was, you know, believe God, word, faith, word, 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 faith. And then with the Holy Spirit, it was, well, are you filled? Yeah, okay, so just pray in tongues. Which there's nothing wrong with praying in tongues. Praying in tongues edifies you. Praying in tongues builds you up. It does a whole lot of things. But it's not just for just that. Right. And I was talking to uh, Pastor Bob the other day. And I said to him, I said, you know, people that stop at just tongues goes to show me that they don't even value the words that he's given them to say in the first place. Hmm. Because guess what? Those words that he's having you speak out of your mouth have a purpose. And there's fire behind those words. And there's an interpretation behind those words. And so when we step back with the Holy Spirit and interpret those things and hear what he's actually saying to us, then that's when we're able to step out with the fire and continually do what he tells us to do. Because people speak in tongues. I mean, you could speak in tongues right now and interpret and have an interpretation and we would know what we need to do. But then there's some people, they just sit there and pray in tongues. Or what'd you pray? Or what'd he speak to your heart? Oh, I don't know. This is just what I was told to do. And what does that do? That takes away the value and it takes away the purpose of who he is. What do you got? There's a lot in that. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of flow. Yeah. <laughs> so while you're saying, I'm trying to listen to you, but at the same time, like trying to pay attention to what he's, what he's saying, and like, I'd, I've got to rewind just a little bit and go back to the thing where I was talking about every flame has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Some flames are meant to destroy. Mm. Some flames are meant to ignite. That's good. And. <laughs> when you know we know in scripture that it says that our God is a consuming fire and and one part that we see with fire in scripture is that one fire like the, you can think of the lake of fire that that will eventually destroy yeah. but then there's a fire that he places on the inside of every single person that's supposed to ignite mm. and that's that when, when uh, Sunday 
this past Sunday in, in my sermon, I, I mentioned the, the, the two guys on the road to Emmaus. And it says that when, when they were sitting with Jesus and they were breaking bread and then they knew Jesus and then he was gone and they started having this conversation between them. And one of them said, man, didn't our hearts ignite on the inside of us when he was opening the scriptures to us? Like there's that, that flame was to ignite yeah. something on the inside. And, you know, you, you brought up, so I had to go back to, to say that because I had to be obedient to what the download that I just got. And, which is all new. I, I love doing this. I love having these conversations. Uh, you said earlier that there's always, there seems to be more that comes out of me than I didn't realize was yeah. there. And, and that's why I love doing these. And one of the things when it comes to tongues that I've, also, I've often thought about, I don't always say it out loud, but we think that the only time tongues was talked about was in Acts. But I just turned to Mark 16, which is one that you read earlier. And in verse 17, it says, these signs will accompany those who believe. Okay. In my name, they will cast out demons. And they will speak with new tongues. Mm. So Jesus was the first one that says, no, you're going to get tongues, but tongues isn't the only thing that you're going to get. In fact, before he even talked about tongues, he talked about casting out demons. Then he says, you're going to speak with new tongues. Then he says, you're going to pick up serpents. And, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we quote those things, but the things that we normally will will talk on will be, well, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yes, that's a part of what he said. That's a part of the fire that we're supposed to get. But it's not the whole of the fire that we're supposed yeah. to get. There's, there's more to it. So where tongues is a part of it, tongues isn't the end-all, be-all. And I think, as you said earlier, like some, some of us will put more um, – put more weight behind I can speak in tongues than we do in being able to cast out demons yeah. or be able to lay hands on the sick or even the part of picking up serpents, which they believe that that, you know, it's a, it's a spiritual thing and talking about the same demonic thing that they'll be able to pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them. Like yeah. we don't, well, I'm not going to worry, you know, i keep, you know, <laughs> we're not going to touch that part. We'll talk about the laying on the hands and we'll talk about, you know, yeah. the speaking in tongues part. We'll, we'll talk about, about the, the other stuff. stuff. Yeah. And, but if, if Jesus, this, these are Jesus's words, and I know that these come under some scrutiny depending on the whole thing with history and all that stuff and yeah. manuscripts and all that. But if these are Jesus's words, which I do believe they are, yeah. then he's telling us something that goes along with the second question well what does the fire look like mm. then in my life these things are going to show up yeah. yeah people will be able to look at you and know he's full of god do they have everything perfect not really no. but guess what he's full of god and he's doing something for the kingdom. And the fire of God, as long as it's burning on the inside of you, will continually cause you to do something for the kingdom. Yeah. And it will continually cause you to destroy things of the little K kingdom, like we like to call it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see that, because when I let that burn on the inside of me, A, I know it's there. And A, I know it's not me, it's him. 
because normal Zach would be like, I really don't care. <laughs> like, you go do whatever, I'll do whatever, we'll be okay. No. But the fire of God wants it. No, I want to see you set free. I want to see you full of God. I want to see your life changed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing when that happens. And I think, too, like I was saying, there, there's a part, there's something on the inside of me that's all, that fire is always going to have me witnessing. And, and that's true. But then it also comes back to that second part. So I would say that the, me witnessing or me active, acting with the fire that that would be that igniting thing on the inside of me. But then there's a destroying part of it. If I don't, if I cannot step away from that, that there's, if if I'm in this, if I'm in the word, and that fire is burning on the inside of me, then there's things that are going to burn off. And so where it becomes so easy for me to get early on, where it's so easy for me to get into things I know I'm not supposed to, if I'm really in this, then that fire is going to start burning things off. Mm. And I think that's why you see stuff like, and I was, I was trying to find the scripture where, you know, that if, if that those of us that are believers, like we're supposed to actually get to a point where we hate sin, yeah. not sinners, but the thought of me sinning is disgusting. Yeah. I despise it. Yeah. yeah. And, and why is because this fire that's on the inside is destroyed all of that, that fleshiness of me Yeah. to where it's so easy for me to then, you know, jump over into my flesh to get mad or to cuss people out and all that stuff. That if I'm operating in this, then that becomes some, it becomes almost unimaginable that I would go there. Yeah. Because this fire that's on the inside of me is so burnt that off of me that that thing doesn't yeah. even exist anymore. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, you know, because we can look at history and we can see that there's been a lot of amazing men and women of God mm -hmm. that have operated with the evidence of the fire that came and backed up the message of fire. But then there were things that were never burnt off of their, burnt off of their lives. And many of them had horrible falls or horrible mistakes that were made. Or just two or three years worth of ministry and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And burned out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want that for me. But I don't want that for anybody. Yeah. You know, and so as, as we're as we're burning and as we're on fire for God, I think not only does it look like I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, but there's also things that will burn off of my life as I'm moving deeper into him. And yes, speaking in tongues is a part of it. Yeah. Casting out demons is a part of it. Yeah. You know, this other stuff, you know, the whatever you break that out to be, you know, picking up serpents or drinking poison. You know, I don't, I don't think that means let's go out and find the most deadly poison and, and test it. But going by that scripture, it says I, I shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, because there's this something on the inside of me. There's this spirit. There's this fire on the inside of me that yeah. takes care of all of that. Yeah. The fire of God is just amazing. I know something, because you kind of mentioned, you know, the flesh kind of getting in the way. But when that fire comes, it can't get in the way anymore. And the last several nights, what I've been doing is when I'm getting ready to go to bed to go to sleep, I realize something. Because we're, we're made of three parts. We're made of spirit, 
soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and then your body. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting against the flesh constantly. Well, I go to sleep. I'm asleep. Guess what's asleep? The flesh. Mm -hmm. So am I fighting against anything while I'm asleep? No. So I said, Holy Spirit, minister to my spirit man as I sleep. Because my spirit man doesn't sleep. If it did, we're, we've got a problem. We've got an issue. <laughs> yeah. Spirit man sleeping, you, you ain't on this earth anymore. For lack of a better word. I mean, your spirit man doesn't sleep because then you'd be in eternity. But. Even then you're not sleeping. Even then you're not sleeping. <laughs> you're chilling. Hopefully if you're Hopefully in heaven. Hopefully you're chilling. If you're not, then. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. We can keep but, chasing that rabbit um, trail. <laughs> what I was saying is, is that. I've allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to me while I'm sleeping. And I will wake up in the mornings and I will know something's different. Why? Because I know I just allowed him to be at work. Yeah. Even if I'm not necessarily aware of it. And I've woken up and I'm just like, wow, something's different. I feel more closer to him. I feel fuller to him. I feel near to him because why? And now I still open up the Word of God. I still get with Him during the daytime. I'm not saying replace that, but I'm saying add that to it and watch. Oh, watch how different it'll be. Just Holy Spirit, I'm about to go to sleep. My physical body needs rest. So as I get rest, I thank you that you're ministering to me. I actually oh did that. I heard you say that on, uh, I think you said that on the, the video with Mac. Mm -hmm. Which, Mac, if you're watching, what's up, buddy? Miss you. Yeah. Um, we all graduated the same year from Rayma, so, yeah. um, but I heard you say that, so actually last night before I went to bed, I actually did the same thing, and which over the last couple of months, I started doing this thing where I've got these wireless earbuds, and so I'll just put the phone on, I'll turn my Bible on, mm -hmm. and I'll just play scripture, and I'll stick an earbud in, and I'll go to sleep with that playing, and so last night, um, I added that to it, and I'm like, my body needs rest. And it's almost yeah. word for word what I said. Like, I'm, I'm laying down because my body's tired and I need rest. But my spirit's still awake. Yeah. Like, Father speak. And I think it wasn't it Tom that said, um, God will often speak to you in dreams because it's the only time that he can actually get your flesh to shut up or something. Yeah. Not, not necessarily those exact actually words. Actually get but your attention because yeah. you're too busy. Like, yeah. well, God this and God that. Yeah, da, 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 because, our, because our flesh is out of the way. You know, we're not going through all of the fears and filters and all of that stuff. When our when our flesh is asleep, then God has full access to our spirits and he's able wow. to speak to us in that way. And I think all of those things are great tools to help build that flame. Yeah. And, you know, just, I don't know, just thinking about, just thinking about the fire of God. Like, you know, going back and looking at, looking through scripture, which when you told me this, I went back some and I'm like, okay, where do I see fire? You know, where do I see God operating in fire? Or where do I see him bringing a fire into something? And there's there's a lot of different, you know, things. And some of them are like, I always, always think of the children of Israel uh, with Moses on the side of the mountain. Like, God invited everybody to the mountain yeah. because he wanted everybody to hear his voice. Yeah. But when they saw the craziness of it, when they saw the cloud, when they, I think it was fire too, and when they saw all of that, they're like, nah, we yeah. don't want that. And they walked away from the mountain and told Moses, you speak to God for us and then go tell us what he said. Yeah. 
And I think there's a lot of people that we kind of make that same kind of choice when we think about the fire of God because we're not quite sure what it's supposed to be for. Yeah. And so we see what it looks like and we're like, okay, that's crazy. You know, we have, you know, depending on what side of the aisle on, you're on, you have some people that are like, you know, you got to wear your hair up in a bun, you got to wear all this makeup or no makeup at all, and you got to be able to run across pews or roll on the floor, you got to do all this stuff. And not saying that any of that is sinful or it's necessarily yeah. wrong, but we'll, but some people will look at that and be like, well, I don't want the fire because that's what it looks like. When really that's not really what the fire looks like. And the fire has a bigger purpose than just what the flame looks like. Mm -hmm. And so we'll push away the purpose for the fire because of the image of the fire. When, so instead of coming to the mountain, we're like Israel, we're like, nah, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll let, you know, I'll let those evangelists, I'll, I'll let Zach and Jess or I'll let Mac or I'll let, you know, those guys operate in the fire and I'll just kind of watch them burn. And when really going back to where we started, where he says that he makes his ministers, mm -hmm. his messengers of flame of fire, then really that all of us are supposed to carry the message. It's ingrained in us, right? So if I'm carrying the message, it's a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. I've, I've confessed the message. Yeah. Jesus is the message, right? Yeah. And, and so... I've confessed that message, that message has changed my life. I know the message through and through. So we all carry it, but we will oftentimes push the fire part away because eh, that message looks a little bit different on some people. Yeah. And they're weird or they, they, you know, do they speak things. in tongues or they don't speak in tongues or you have to speak in tongues or you're not saved or... You know, whatever they, they push be. people to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I love that one. People fall on one, and if people fall, yeah. You know, and I, I think honestly, like, and and I apologize if I'm like, if I'm off. If anybody like, it's okay. Comment. Uh, he knows I'm I'm open to correction. I'll give you his. <laughs> I'm I'm open to correction, um, but I think when we look at what Scripture is saying with fire, with the fire of God, then to me that means it's something I'm supposed to desire. Mm. Yeah. Like just set me on fire. I don't care what it looks like. I don't I don't care what other people think. I I don't care what it sounds like. I just want the fire. I'll bring me to the mountain. If everybody else walks away, I'll still stay. Mm. Because I care more about the fire than everybody else. And that's the thing, too, is it's like when you push for the fire of God and push for the deep things of God, it will literally feel like, yeah, there's, there's, get you some friends that are pushing for the same thing. But it will feel like at times you're the only one doing this. The only one pushing for that. I want greater. I want more. I want to see this. I want to see that. Set me on fire. Lord, I want to be on fire for you. I want... I want to feel your Holy Spirit. I want to be on fire for you. I want to continue to do these things. You'll literally feel like the only one. And then when you tell people what you're doing, and they'll just look at you like, oh, that's 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 a little weird. You know, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. yeah. And what I've noticed in growing in this too is 
you're not going to have everything right or perfect or cleaned up, for lack of a better matter. But as you flow with the Holy Ghost, he'll be the one to do the cleaning up if you need to be cleaned up somewhere. Yeah. And it's very true. It's very true. I, I think if you were to, if we were to be able to have, you know, the people that we look up to as great men of God and heroes, whether they're alive or dead, I think at some point everybody felt like they were the only one. Yeah. You know, um, is it Elisha that, was it Elisha or Elijah? I always get them mixed up. Elijah. You know, on, well, I'm the only one left. I'm the only prophet. And God's like, no, nah, I've got others. Yeah. I think it was like 6,000 or something just in that area that he was saying. And then, actually, I think, yes. I know it was 700 or more. I think 700. I can't remember. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. Yeah. But it's, you know, God was just saying, okay, no, there's others. You're yeah. not the only one. There's others, but there's something that you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, yeah, it was Elijah. Because it was after that that he went and got, that God told him to go get Elijah. He's going to take your place. Ahab. Yeah. And so, and he just saw the fire. Yeah. Like, just saw this amazing fire of God come and consume everything and then gets mad and goes hide in a cave. And saw the fire again. Mm. And, like, was still trying to run away from his purpose, you know. And so I think every, I think most all of them would say, yeah, at some point in their life they felt like they were the only ones. And, you know, I don't, I don't understand why that is. Maybe it's because of what we kind of talked about a little bit ago is that some people are just afraid of the fire. Yeah. I don't know. And, well, I want to see how you burn. I want to see what your flame looks like first before I join you. You know, maybe that may be one of those things I don't know. But I, I, would, I would think that a lot of people feels like they're – like I was just listening to Randy Clark uh, the last couple of days, an amazing man of God, and just the things that God has done through his life to hear his testimony where he started and, you know, Baptist and received the Holy Spirit, but it was hidden because he spoke in tongues, but he was a Baptist pastor, so he didn't mm -hmm. tell anybody he spoke in tongues. Yeah. And I was listening to one. He's, he said one of his deacons, they had a meeting, and it had one of his deacons that came up and was like, Randy. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I spoke in tongues. And he's <laughs> like, can I tell you a secret? And he's like, what? I speak in tongues. <laughs> he says, but don't tell anybody. You know? Yeah. And, like, the, the fear behind Mm. You know, why do we have to be so afraid to burn? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I know this is a video and we're just kind of talking and conversating. But it, it really does make me, you know, kind of wonder why is it that we're so afraid to burn alone? Mm. You know, and we may burn alone for a while. But at some point, we're going to draw somebody in close enough. Yeah. Um. You know. But anyways, the, uh, the the more you continue in it, the more and more that you become friends with the Holy Ghost. It's not just, it's just like me and you talking. That's all it is. You just don't necessarily see him, but you know somebody's there with you. Yeah. And it's like, what did he tell Joshua? And this was even before the Holy Spirit was necessarily available to them. It was what? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. How much more in this call of pushing for the fire of God and operating in it that what? 
we press forth, but at the same time we know he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. And nor will he, because he loves me. Um, it's amazing how developed the relationship gets as you go and go. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Like, I've, I've got a daughter. I've got two kids. And my daughter, she just graduated high school. She graduated mm -hmm. a year early. Amazing woman. And uh, she actually does her own. Her and her, one of her friends got their own Instagram that they do Bible studies and little shorts and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. But I remember when she was in the youth group, when she first moved up into the youth group, ninth grade, or maybe even in middle school, and we would talk about worship on Sundays. And, you know, we go to summer camp. We get her to go here in a couple weeks, and we'll go to camp. And then they, you know, they're around all these teenagers in our camp that we go to. They make them come down to worship. They're like, you're not sitting in your seat for worship. This is god that we're worshiping he deserves everything yeah and so they would have this weak experience and just come back and they were like why is it that nobody in the church does this and then even you know you notice a week two weeks the kids would stop coming up for worship and i would always encourage her and just tell her you know just keep standing just keep standing mm -hmm. eventually somebody's going to join you yeah. And, oh, man, it is a while that I had that conversation with her. She was like, I know, but it just gets really tired to be the only one standing. Yeah. And I was like, well, just keep standing, you'll see. Just keep standing, you'll see. Yeah. And it, it bugged me as a dad. You know, it bugged me even more as a pastor. And, you know, if you're wondering, well, why didn't you stand with her? Because I'm the drummer. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the platform. And, um, and so after a while, then we started noticing another person would come up, another teenager would come up, a young adult would come up, another adult would come up, you know. And so now on most Sundays, if, if you look, even if she's not in the room because she's serving somewhere, there's a group of people standing in the front worshiping. Even her own youth pastors are in the front worshiping or even falling on their knees where that wasn't the case before. Yeah. And so if that's that's something that we can look to as an encouragement for what we're talking about. You know, this this fire. Well, yeah, I'm the only one burning. Keep burning. Keep burning because if you're not burning, if you're not on fire, then how is somebody else going to even know what the fire looks like? They're not. They're not. Yeah. And and so now the flame is missing altogether. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's how, how God wants the church. That's not how he wants his believers. You know, if we're talking about the fire of God, the fire has a purpose. Yeah. And it has a place in every church. It's just we've got to get people that are more willing to burn than it is to, well, let me extinguish my flame or, or hide my flame. It's the Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah. The, you're not going to light a candle and then put it under a basket. Yeah. No, what's the, what's the purpose of me hiding my flame? There is none. If, if you hide your flame in, in what you're doing, if you hide your flame in your life, well, because it's uncomfortable, because I'm the only one burning, if you hide it, then nobody has anything to draw to. Yeah. No. And then it's not God's fault. <laughs> no. 
it's 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 you needing to step back and do a reevaluation of okay where did I miss it because this he's made you and I right. the flames yeah right he's made us messengers yeah so if he makes us the flame but the flame is like I don't want to burn no more is it God's fault that the flame is invisible no it's ours you know that this thought keeps coming back and sorry I know we've gone long but this thought keeps coming back and I've got to say it that it's kind of based on the Old Testament. I don't know if, if I've said this on the last video or not, but it's um, this Old Testament kind of principle that you see, um, I think it's with Jacob and Laban with the, the cattle, the livestock. And in one part of the story, it's like he would, he wanted a certain kind of animal that he made a deal that if they're these, these are mine. If they're these, these are yours, right? And you know the story. Well, what he would do is he would, it says that he would take these reeds and he would make spots or speckles or whatever, and he would place them in front of the animals as they conceived or as they made it or whatever. And they would give birth to the thing that they laid eyes on. Mm -hmm. And so the principle is you become what you behold. Yeah. And so if I'm beholding the fire, if if I'm then I can become the fire, yeah. and so if I'm beholding the one that is a consuming fire, then I can become the flame. If I'm not beholding him, then I can't become what he wants me to become. And in order for me to burn the way that I'm supposed to, I have to always keep my eyes on him. And if I'm looking at everybody else, if I'm wondering about everybody else, my flame begins to die, because I'm no longer beholding what I'm wanting to become. Mm. I'm beholding what I don't want to become, but becoming that anyways. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. That's good. No, um, that's good. And, you know, so when we when we talking about the fire of God and the you know, this thought of, you know, what what does it look like? My gosh, is it powerful. Yeah. Man does it I love the verse when it says that these that have turned the world upside down, they're here too. Like, that's what the fire does. That if I'm on fire for God, there are things that are flipped upside down because I come. There are things, there are people that are set free. There yeah. are people that are healed. There are people that come to salvation. There are people that, you know, um, hey, there may be some lame people that get up and start walking because that's supposed to be a part of it. There's going to be some deaf people that start hearing, some mute people that start speaking and singing, lame people that start dancing. Like those things, if I'm burning for him, then those things are supposed to be evident. Yeah. So the flame has a purpose. We just got to be willing to burn no matter what it looks like, no matter where we are. The flame doesn't go out. It's a movable flame. <laughs> but it's... It burns, and then it just burns wherever it goes. The flame, the flame is a flame. I remember Jess and I, the very first time we felt the fire. Um, we had just been married three months, and we were attending a church in Ogmulgee. Amazing church, amazing pastors. And I grew up there too. Yeah. Not at the church. <laughs> Not but, at the church, but, but I did grow up in Ogmulgee. <laughs> and... Uh, we were there, and and um, pastor, you know, takes an offering up for us. Just wants to bless us. And he goes, he said, I don't send my kids out without blessing them. 
And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, Zach, why don't you get up here and say a few things? And it had been on my heart ever since me and Jessica got married. I kept hearing the word of the Lord. And it was, there's five people in here with major back pain. And the Lord wants to heal you. Those five people came up. Every one of them dropped, was out. Got up, completely pain-free. Well, as soon as I got done laying hands on the last one, that place went wild. And the fire of God came on me. I was bold. And I looked at this one guy. He was a big guy. Big, fit guy. Real muscular. Pretty intimidating looking. I said, you, come here. I said, the Holy Ghost wants to take you to two levels. Quit being lazy and it's time for you to da-da-da-da-da. And I prayed for him. Boom! Power got in we just started jumping from row to row to person to person. And there was one guy in there that everybody was pointing to. Do him, do him. And he was just kind of like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to waste the anointing or the time. If he doesn't want to receive it, guess what? God's not forceful. We had a major move of God. Well, we got to preach there when we came back from California. And we saw some, they remembered, and they were like, okay. Felt the fire, preached on the Holy Spirit, the fire, the power, how it causes a change, causes you to change, causes you to be set free. And uh, a woman came up, and she was deaf in both ears. Mm. And, but before we knew that, she was crying. And go, what's going on? And all she kept saying was, the doctor said I'm going to lose my eyesight. And I have a few days left with it, and then I'm going to lose it all. And so we said, okay, let's just take care of that right now. So I laid my hand, take care of it, be healed in the name of Jesus. So I keep doing this, and like we're not giving her, getting a response or anything. And her husband comes up and says, she's deaf in both ears. So well, let's go ahead and take care of that too. So I put my, I the way I did this was is I've seen all the other ministers do this and it worked. So here we go. Yeah. You know, they they done something right. Why change it? You yeah. know, I put my my fingers in the air and I said, "You deaf and dumb spirit, you come out of her in the name of Jesus." I command the fire of God to go in her and heal her body and those ears to be open, in Jesus' name. Well, soon enough, as soon as I did that, I started whispering things in her ear. I said, repeat this, repeat this. She was able to do that. As soon as that left, she was able to see completely, perfectly clear, and they were correlated. Wow. But what? The fire of God has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Fire of God had a plan to what? See her set free. And it was funny because it got quiet. There were, like, dead quiet. And I was like, what's wrong with you people? God just healed her. Yeah. You know, start shouting and rejoicing because the fire of God showed up to what? Set the captive free. And the more that we're able to do that, the more and more we develop in it, the more and more people are able to get set free, even from things that we would call major. Be healed in Jesus' name. Boom, they're healed. We call them major, but he does it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. Never, I've not had the almost blinded eyes. We've had one lady that asked for prayer, and we 
we had just some years ago we had another guy that was, hasn't been here at the church in a long time and but we were seeing some movement in this in a group of uh, young adults that I was working with here at the church and and he said hey we're gonna do a fire tunnel tonight it's a Wednesday night we're gonna do a fire tunnel why don't you bring the group up here and we'll have you guys be a part of it we're like okay and so he had all these people write down their request on a piece of card, and he would have them come through and pray. And then there was a couple of us at the end of the tunnel. So once they went through the tunnel, they'd come to us. And this lady, we asked her, was like, okay, so how can we pray for you? And she was like, I want to be able to hear. And it was like, which ear? And she said, this one. We're like, okay. And so she pulled a hearing aid out. We laid hands on her and we started praying. It wasn't any, you know, shouting. It wasn't any fireworks or anything like that. But... Um, we, we prayed on it, and we was like, okay, now we got to test it. That's the one thing we knew. It's kind of like you said, you know, I've, I've watched enough guys. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to pray for somebody, you got to test, test it. it. You can't just assume that it, you know, test it. Op- yeah. Make that faith operate. And um, so it was like, okay, you got to test it. And so I took a step back, and I was like, can you hear me? And she said, yeah. And I took another step back, can you hear me? I went back as far as I could. It was probably about 8 to 10 feet. And was like, can you hear me? And she's like, yeah. And then I had another guy was like, hey, go all the way up to the back of the stage. And so he's probably 30 feet away, 20, 20, 30 feet away from her. And he doesn't talk loud. And he's like, can you hear me? And she's like, yes, I can hear you. We're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's the other thing. I think, you know, we don't celebrate those things enough. Um, That's a whole side note that I'm not going to go into. But, But I think, you know, if we, this, this, thought of the fire of God like this this kind of conversation should excite us because I carry that yeah you know I'm a I'm a flame carrier you know I am a flame not not just uh, carry the flame but I am yeah yeah isn't it isn't it what we read what was it yeah. Psalm what uh, what Psalm was it whoa. oh 104 one 104 Psalm 104. I can't believe it ain't right now. I did. Good job. For once. Yeah, he makes his winds his messengers and flame of fire his ministers. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not saying that I carry a fire, it says I am. Yeah. Mm. That's a new outlook. I haven't looked at it. Up. Becoming what I'm beholding. Mm. Yeah. I remember when I was in youth group, there was a service we went to, and he said, the more of what you magnify is what you become. So if I'm going to magnify poverty, I'm going to have that. If I'm going to magnify wealth and the goodness of God, I'm going to have that. Not um, not manifesting. That's demonic. Well, that's a biblical term anyway, so we're well, taking our terms back, people. Manifesting is a biblical term. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> not in that way, I know not, what you mean. Not the world version <laughs> of manifesting. You ain't doing that. <laughs> but in the way of, through faith, through the word of God, this is what I'm magnifying. I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the same with the fire of God. I'm going to magnify the Holy Spirit who has the fire has the power and has given me the ability to come to him and to learn about the things of God through him and through his word that what I get to go and take it out you know I I just got a call um, from a pastor today and uh, this time last year we went and did a uh, 
come out this time last year. It would have been August of last year. Around. Right after the first time I came and preached. Around-ish. Um, yeah. We, uh, we went to our first youth camp, did our first youth camp. It was the fire of God. I remember that. Because he changed your message. He changed my message. The Holy Spirit changed my message three times. Can you believe that? I put together <laughs> 65 pages. This thick. He's like, oh, that's nice. Now I don't want you using that. And so then after that, I got another set. And he's like, well, that's good. He said, but I don't want you using those. I guess I want you using five passages. And I go, okay. I've already done this twice, so maybe the third time I need to <laughs> actually legit ask you what passages. And so I did, and they all had to do with the Holy Ghost. And it all correlated together. And when we did that, got a move of the Holy Ghost and we went really deep into some things yeah we even matured in some things through the fire of God as we're ministering I was like that just happened okay well that's cool we're gonna see more of that and now they called and said hey come do it again okay let's go we're coming but what is it it's through operating with the Holy Ghost stepping out to know him to be like him and that's what we want we want to know him. We want to get full of him. We want to be like him. You know, if you're a kid, take it to your school. If you're if you're in college, tell your friends, hey, I'm going for this. Yeah. And this is what I'm going for. You can come with me or you can leave. It's kind of like what Jesus said to his disciples when he talked about eating of the flesh and drinking of my blood. A bunch of people were like, that's it. We done. done. Peace out. You nuts. And he looked over at them and he said, are you going to leave me too? And he goes, where we got to go? You're all that I have. We get to the point where he's all that we have. That's also when we start to see more and more and more. I remember part of Bill Johnson's testimony. That's why I love listening to different preachers. But when he was praying for baptism in the Holy Ghost in a new way, he said three days, three nights in a row, I had the same dream where my arms were flailing just kind of while walking down the street. And first night is kind of a weird dream. Second night, kind of a weird dream. Third night, okay, what's going on? And he said it finally hit me what God was asking. And what God was asking is, you're, basically, is you're saying you want more of me at any cost. So I want more of you at any cost. That was his prayer. Would you still want it if it looked like this? Mm. And when he said yes, it wasn't too long after that that he got what he was asking for whole ministry change no matter what you think of him you know you cannot take away you know what God has done um, through his ministry through his life yeah. and you know I think I think Max said something along the same lines Matt called uh, him out. yeah when he's like I don't care what you think about Bethel but you know which you know I think you know I'm not gonna go there but you know you look at his life and just that prayer uh, is God I want more of you at any cost. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what people say. They're going to say something either way. Yeah. And it's just, am I giving them something good to say? Yeah. Well, and at the same time, I got the Holy Ghost. As mm -hmm. long as I'm making him happy. Yeah. I mean, Jesus tells us they're going to hate you. Yeah. He says they're going to hate you because they hated me. Yeah. But it's okay. And 
keeping it in terms of what we're talking about, burn anyways. Yeah. My, uh, my family lives in Texas, and one of my brothers was kind of like getting to the point where he wasn't going to go to church anymore. And um, the reason was because he just wasn't seeing anything. And that's like a big problem now is they get to youth and then that's it because they're not seeing anything. They're not being reached out to or anything. So Todd White was doing these Sunday night services. I said, hey, I said, tell mom and dad politely, like a young man, I'm going to go here. I'll be in church, but I'm going to go here. So he started going. And so when we would visit, we'd go with him. So we're visiting, and we go with him. And uh, we walked in there. The power of God was just evident in that place. People just hungry, crying out to God. And, and Todd White gets up on stage all excited, and he goes, he goes, is my protesters out there today? And the, he looks over at the security guard to ask him. The security guard goes, there's more than usual today. He goes, glory to God, I'm doing something right. They hate me. They hate me. And he goes, we need to get to the point where we're so full of the Holy Ghost that there'll even be some groups that literally hate you for it. They will. Um, if it's okay, I got one more verse. I'll Keep read. going. It's in Acts 4. And this is after, of course, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is after Peter and John, um, they get arrested and all of this, and they get out, and it's uh, verse 29, actually verse 27. And this is Peter, this is his first, first message. It goes through, and then it gets towards the end here, after they're arrested. In verse 27, it says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, um, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And this is their prayer. In verse 29 it says, And now, Lord, take note of their threats. Like even then they were being threatened, and the whole this whole thing comes about because somebody that was lame gets up and walks. Yeah. And starts glorifying God, and people don't like it. And... So they say, take, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your glorious servant, Jesus. And it says, and when they heard this, the place where they gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Like there's, there was a very easy possibility for them to say, okay, if this is what this is going to look like, I don't want it. If me doing the things that Jesus did is going to get me arrested and thrown in prison, I don't want it. Yeah. But the thing they had and they knew was that Jesus told them very clearly, they're going to hate you. They're going to want to, they don't know this, this is foreign, they're religious, they want to hold on to tradition, they want to hold on to sin, they want to hold on to this. But you're going to be my, you have this fire and this fire on the inside of you and this fire that you will become is not going to let you sit back and do nothing. And so when they went through all of this stuff, they didn't say, okay, I don't want this no more. Their prayer together was, we want to speak this more confidently. We want to speak this more boldly. But not only do we want to speak it, not only do we want to carry the message, 
We want the fire to come and back up what it is that we're preaching. And then it says, when they'd said that, the place where they were at was shaken. Mm. Again, just like in Acts 2, the place where they were at was shaken, and they received mm. the Holy Ghost, and they went out and started speaking more boldly. The level of fire. The fire made them more bold, yeah. not less. Yeah. So if we want to talk about the fire of God, we're talking about boldness. Yeah. We're talking about the message, but then it's also the power that that authority and the dynamis, the dynamic power of yeah. God that comes alongside the message that backs it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's 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 amazing, especially when it shows up to places and yeah. You're just flowing with it. You can I hate saying this, but you can feel it. I do air quotes cuz yeah. But you can feel it. Yeah. And it's like even in here, we're just, doing just something. Doing, during this, there was a point where I like I was dang near in tears, like even now. Yeah. And I saw you. I kind of looked in your eyes. I was like, "Were you tearing up too?" <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna tell you that. I gotta be cool. <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't even try to hide it anymore. Like I used to. I I did just then. I pulled it back a little bit. But it's. Uh, you talk about him. He likes to show up. And, you know, as we're, we're going through this and we're talking about this, this fire of God, like, this is supposed to be the norm. It's not supposed to be, oh, well, that was a great Holy Ghost meeting. You know, the fire of God showed up. No, this is supposed to be the norm in my life. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier, a flame is a flame no matter where it goes. Yeah. So if I'm in the pulpit on a Sunday preaching, the fire is there. If I, I went to Walmart earlier, if I go to Walmart, the fire is there. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, I didn't tell anybody this because I don't always, I'm not one of those that I get a video of everything, but I went to Walmart a uh, week before last just to pick up something for guest speakers that we had coming in, uh, David and Shonda, mm -hmm. and I went to pick up some uh, bub bubble, 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 the oh, drinks. Oh, yeah, 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 bubbly. The bubblies, yeah. <laughs> the bubblies, the bubblies. I went to pick up some of those, and while I was looking to looking at the flavors, this lady comes walking by, and she's an online shopper. And she grabs a cart, and she says, ah, like that. And then she holds her arm like this, and she grabs the thing that she's putting, or she's getting stuff put in the cart, I think. And so she grabs something, and I was like, I keep getting in your way. That started the conversation. And, and so I'm just kind of watching her. And so I was like, what did you do to your shoulder? Well, I was pulling this cart around. You know, it kind of hurt my shoulder. I'm like, okay. And um, she starts asking me about the drinks and what flavors and why. And I was like, well, I'm actually getting these for some guest speakers that we have come. And I said, so this actually leads me to why I was asking you about your shoulder. And she's like, okay. I said, well, I'm a pastor. Oh, yeah, where at? And so Collinsville. And she was like, okay. And I was like, so would you mind if I pray for your shoulder? No, go ahead. And I was like, okay. And I said, it's okay if I touch. Like, I'm getting permission. Trying to yeah. imitate the people I've seen. Get permission before, you know, yeah. don't touch inappropriately. Don't do anything like that. Yeah. And so I put my hand on the shoulder in just a very simple prayer. Shoulder, I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. All inflammation go. All pain go now. And I get done. And I said, so how does it feel? You got to test it out. And she starts doing this, and she's like, it feels better. And I was like, are you? And she was like, no. 
it feels like it feels really good. I don't feel any pain. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. And I did like that. I said, thank you for letting me pray with you. And I shook her hand and she was like, oh, you even shook it and didn't hurt. And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. yeah. And then she's, then she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then it really hit her. Like my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. And I said, you know what that is, right? And she said, what? I said, it's the love of God. Yeah. He loves you, so he wanted to heal you. Yeah. And she had a necklace on and had a cross on it. And I was like, you're wearing the necklace that has power, that has a meaning. Mm. And she's like, I know. She's like, whew, he's my one and only. He's my number one. And I was like, oh, she's a believer. So I didn't, have, like, I didn't go down that road with her. But I was like, well, bless you, sister. Yeah. Like, keep it that way. Yeah. Keep him number one. Yeah. And she was like, always like that. And she's like, whew, man, Jesus. Yeah. So I start walking off. And another lady starts walking down the aisle. And she looks at her. She's like, he just healed my shoulder. My, like, she's excited. As, he just healed my shoulder. For real. Like, And I was like, wow. The fire goes wherever I go. Because yeah. it's not that I'm trying to get the flame whenever I start preaching. Yeah. I am the flame. Right. No yeah. matter where I go. Mm. And so I... I carry that fire on me and in me. Well, and the more we start preaching about it, the more we're pressing, because it seems like there's people, even in our church, that's starting to actually legit press for it. Mm -hmm. And the more that they press for it, and the more we even go further into it, they'll start to notice that. And what's interesting, too, is when the fire shows up, you don't have to, well, since we are a flame, you don't have to pray long. No. It's like, I command the fire of God to go in there and be healed, or be healed in the name of Jesus. And it's like, oh, wow, oh. Um, it's funny because there was one time when we were first coming, there was that girl with the knee brace. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, when everybody was praying, and I was over there, then you called me, was it you or was it Jonathan? Oh. It was one of you. Anyway, one of you called me over there. may have been you. I think it was it's you. more than likely me. I like doing that. Yeah. So I'm watching <laughs> it, and my hands are on fire while I'm watching it. Because the way I was taught is you don't go up there unless the minister calls on you or has given you previous permission. You know, just yeah. respect and honor. Mm -hmm. So they call on me, and so I go up there. As soon as I lay my hands, I just hit the fire of God. It's simple. And as soon as I did that, what? Well, her knee was completely healed. And we said, hey, can you take it off and test it? So he took it off, and she was what? We walked out of there with a knee brace in her hand. Mm -hmm. It was like the fire of God restoring, replenishing, going that outwork in their body. One of, one of the most amazing, these, this, I guess, is testimony time, and it's not trying to make it a competition or anything like that. I know we, yes, guys guys no, can I'm have kidding. that. Well, my fish was this big. Well, my fish was this big. It's not, it's not one of those, you know, competitions, but it's just glorifying God for what he's done. Yeah. And the fact that I get to, like, this is the most amazing thing about, you know, about this is that I get to be used by him. It's, he don't have to use me, yeah. but he wants to. Yeah. And he's called us to this. Yeah. And... So I'm like, man, I get to be used by God. So uh, last year we did our student conference that we do, Roar. And there was a young lady from another city that came with her pastor, a new pastor. And, and uh, that I think it was that same girl and my daughter were like, hey, did you see the girl over there with a knee brace on? And I'm like, no. And 
they're like, yeah, there's a girl. I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do about it? Because I'm, like I said, I'm one of those, like, I will, if we're, we all have the same access mm-hmm. to the same Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? Go pray for her. For real? Yeah. Go pray. <laughs> okay. And so they go over to pray for the girl. While, while they walk off, my eye scan and I notice a girl with the arm brace on. Hadn't seen her the whole time. And she has her, a sling and she has her arm wrapped. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, what's. So I got her attention and I called over and I was like, so what'd you do to your arm? And she was like, I just broke it. Like it's a fresh break. That's why they had the wrap on because they were waiting for swelling to go down so they can put the cast on it. And I was like, well, would you, would you mind if I prayed for your arm? And she's like, no, go ahead. And I was like, okay. And again, not, no fireworks, no crazy screaming, no let's make a show out of it and bring her in front of the stage and, you know, start, I hate to put it this way, but start speaking like I got a hairball stuck in my throat. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah. You know, all, like not, none of that. It was very simple. Put my hands right there. And her pastor was standing right there too. Put, put my hands on her arm and simple prayer. In the name of Jesus, we command you to be healed. That was it. I said, now, if throughout the conference you begin to feel better, let me know. She's like, okay, because it's, it's like Friday night, Saturday. And nothing. Saturday, I noticed, and she kind of pulled the sling off a little bit and was walking around. Those things get kind of uncomfortable, so I didn't think anything of it. A week goes by, and her pastor calls me. And we're talking not even about the mm-hmm. conference. And then he's like, well, I guess I better tell you. And I was like, tell me what? And he says, you know the, the girl that you prayed for that had an arm in a sling at the conference? I was like, yeah. He said, well, she went back the next week for them to x-ray it, you know, and put the cast and all that stuff on it. And her bone wasn't broken. Mm. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, so she's been released and she's going back to playing softball. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? He's, I was like, yeah, you better have told me that. Like, how could yeah. you not tell me? <laughs> how yeah. could you not tell me that? Yeah. And again, that's fire. That's the fire of God. It That flame has a purpose. So just imagine what our lives would be like if every believer walked in that understanding, but then just simply just act, acted on it and activated it. And Float like it's it. add yeah. the gift to it. Just yeah. start, let it just step out. Let it develop. Go to Walmart. Go to Target. Maybe even in your church. Definitely in your church, you know, you know, get the pastor's permission. Hey, pastor is okay. You know, I want to be a part of the altar team if you have one or, you know, can you do when you do altar call? Can I help you pray? Like do something with the flame that you carry, with the flame that you are. I mean, I got to rephrase that. I I had never thought about that before this conversation. Uh, It's like I mentioned, the more that I do, (laughs) the more I'm like, oh, there's stuff in me. Like, this is, this is the third one in three days in a row of recordings, which, for those of you that follow the YouTube, you guys are probably like, what the heck is he doing? He's got a lot of content already on there. Um, I got some extra time, so I ain't messing around with it anymore. Yeah. But there's a fire for everything. There's a fire for you to go to work. There's a fire for you to read the Word. There's a fire for you to talk to somebody. There's a fire for some of you that are businessmen and women to open businesses, right? He, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that yeah. they see your good works and they glorify your Father in heaven. Mm. What light? Yeah. It's the fire. Yeah. 
Yeah. And no, like you said, no matter where you are, you're out of flame for that. Yeah. That's good. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no. off. But. <laughs> you're my pastor. I got well, so is your show. Well, I want to do this real quick before we end. For those of you watching that have may have um, never necessarily experienced the fire of God or um, just even experienced the power of God, um, we're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Because there's no distance in the Spirit. So right now in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray over those that are desiring the fire of the Holy Ghost. That are desiring their gift and their call and their flame to burn for you. To be the literal fuel that you've called them to. So Father, right now at the sound of my voice, I speak the fire of God. To go in them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Heal their bodies. Give them life, strength, and energy. And fuel the gift that's on the inside of them. Right now. In Jesus' name. And there's somebody watching that's been having ear trouble. And I command those ears to be opened right now in the name of Jesus. I command complete and total hearing like never before. I command that they, that they hear better than they have ever before. In Jesus' name. No infections. No damage to any nerves or eardrums. But I call complete wholeness right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise for being able to do this once again. Father, we bless our partners, those that have financially helped us to get to this point to where we can do things like this. And Father, also we just call in more partners. We call in more people to align themselves with us for the plan and purpose of God that's been on our lives. Father, we make a point to this day to continue to operate in your fire. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I've got to say one thing real quick before go we go. It. So while you was praying, there's left foot um, around the ball of the foot around the big toe area. Like mine just started tingling. So uh, if that's you and you're having issues in an area, then I'm speaking healing to be released in your body now. Father, I thank you for healing in that area. Lord, I also thank you for healing in the ankle area. Lord, for inflammation or whatever it may be. Lord, I don't know the, the exact issue, but Father, I know that you're healing them now. So Father, we praise you for it. That even now they begin to feel, Lord, that warmth as, they, as their bodies begin to be healed. Thank you, Father. Sorry. No. Thank don't you, need Lord. to apologize. Well, we love you guys. And we'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs> Cut. Cut. ZLM family. Zachary, hello.